Okay, good morning, everybody. This is Jeff Goldberg for the Sales Pro Network. I'm happy to be here this morning. As always, I founded the Sales Pro Network to elevate the profession of sales. Uh, it's a place where salespeople can come and get coaching from wonderful trainers and coaches, ask questions, uh, share their successes and failures and challenges. And as you know, every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, we speak to a guest who can add value to the profession of sales and once again, I know I say it every week, but uh, I'm delivering, my friends, because uh, I know this guy for a long time, and you're going to be really wowed. So it's my true pleasure to introduce you to my friend, Joe Nunziata. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Good to be here. I'm outstanding, and it's great to be here with you. So I'm going to yeah. dive right in, Joe. Would you mind, if, uh, if you don't mind, just take a couple of moments to uh, give your backstory, you know, who you are and how you got here? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm actually, as you know, I've been in Southern California now since 2011, which I can't believe I'm here 10 years now. But I'm originally from New York, which is where we met. I'm from Brooklyn uh, originally as a kid, grew up there. My dad passed when I was uh, 12. He was a narcotics detective in New York. So I went to work right after high school. We had some issues at home and got a job delivering beer off the back of a truck, which was a good job for an 18 year old kid to start out with. I had some fun doing that. Ended up, I was very entrepreneurial, wanted to be a big success, of course, and uh, bought, actually bought a soda delivery business when I was 19, ended up going bankrupt at 20, that, you know, kind of bounced around, ended up bartending in New York City after that for a number of years, ended up managing a nightclub, was having a great time. I thought that was the direction I wanted to go in, was to stay in that industry. A couple of opportunities didn't quite work out. So I said, you know what, let me get into, I was always a business student, I, even though I didn't go to college, I was reading a lot and going to seminars and tapes. I say tapes now to some of the kids I talk to and they look at me like, what is that? But <laughs> you, you and I remember tapes. Uh, I got a job actually selling advertising space in a local paper and did well relatively quickly because I realized my bartending background was a perfect segue into sales because I'm used to talking to people. Within a couple of months, the manager came to me and said, hey, Joe, we would love for you to take the new people out into the field and show them, you know, how to how to do this, you know, because you, you're, you're really good at it. So I, he said, we'll pay you a little extra money. We'll give you like gas money if you do it. I was like, OK, great. I never thought of it as training because to me, I was just like, that's what I was doing anyway. But actually, that was the beginning of my training career. And I bounced around from there. I ended up getting into direct mail. I had another business. I ended up going bankrupt the second time before I was 30. So I was kind of really frustrated. And I, I was working really hard and doing all the stuff, Jeff, that you and I have read about, you know, set goals and affirmations and all this kind of stuff. And I just couldn't sustain anything. And someone said to me, you know, you had all these traumas growing up. You should go to therapy. And as you know, in our generation, kids from Brooklyn didn't sit around the dinner table on Sunday discussing their feelings and saying, yeah, I, I should go to therapy. So I actually went. because <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. I just went. And I, I went there, I did it. It was a fascinating experience. I got fell in love with it. I started to study psychology and started to move into, then from there, really learned a lot about human behavior and psychology. By that time, I got a job in corporate, became a sales manager, and then started to move into energy work and metaphysical work and meditation. These were things that, you know, I grew up Catholic, so it was a whole different world. Mm -hmm. And I started to then, you know, really started to help me in my life. And I was managing people. I say, you know, these principles are universal energy principles. I should be able to use these with my salespeople. So that's kind of how I started, little by little, just kind of dropping it in and very, really turned out to be incredibly successful and ended up getting me a book deal, which the book, you know, I wrote called Spiritual Selling. I have actually six books out at this point. And, you know, from there, worked at a couple of other companies and then went into my own consulting business and have traveled all over the country, spoken, actually spoken at events with Trump and Tony Robbins and uh, Kiyosaki and Mark Victor Hansen all over the place. So, uh, you know, so it's been kind of a twisted road <laughs> to get here, but I think it was a twisted road that I had to take because I would have never done the work if things had gone well, as you know, you know, this is the road we take. Yeah. And you successfully, I mean, you just mentioned your book, Spiritual Selling, and you successfully combined the two worlds, the world of the business world and selling with the spirituality. So I want to dive into that because, yeah. as, you, as you know, I'm fascinated by that stuff. I'm certainly yeah. not the expert that you are, which is why I love speaking with you. So um, my first question is, what is an emotional operating system and how do we upgrade ours? So basically, everything is, a, everything is energy. And I think this is the main thing that people don't understand because we're very caught in what we call the third dimension or the physical world. But everything's really happening on an energetic level. So you're, we all have what I think of as an emotional operating system, right? So we, we all function emotionally and we all react differently based on how we grew up, what we believe, all these different things. 
So what's happening is we don't deal with it. It's almost like people are trapped in the bodies and emotions of little kids because they've never upgraded their emotional operating system. And they've never said, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when your phone gets an update or your computer gets an update, and you go, I got to get it. I have to make sure I get it. But we, ne- we don't look at ourselves and say, I never upgraded myself emotionally. I never learned how to understand my feelings. I don't even know what I'm feeling. When I started, I had no idea what I was feeling. So I, it's really understanding and saying, I have to learn how to process my emotions, first understand what my emotions are, and continuously upgrade that system because every single day I look at it and say, I have an opportunity to improve somewhere emotionally, not just financially, not just physically, but what, th- what could I do today to be emotionally more aware, more acute, more tuned into what I'm feeling so I can put out better energy and then create better results. So it's one of those things that it's an ongoing thing, but most people I have to tell you that I think they're just unconscious. They don't even know that they have this going on. They just kind of plow forward. And I think that's why a lot of people have a lot of pain and struggle. So you're saying a Catholic guy from Brooklyn whose father was a cop had a hard time expressing his feelings could, and feeling them. That, that's could you comprehend? Could you imagine? Could you, is it, is it a, who went to Catholic school with nuns hitting me with uh, rulers at the top of my head? So, uh, you know, that was crazy. It's amazing any of us get out of a childhood. I'm telling alive. you, it really yeah. is. Good morning, Larry Weiss. Good morning, uh, Keith Ginsburg. Uh, good morning from Westbury, says Don Levine. And good morning, Steve Kent. Happy to have all you guys here. Morning, and who is not commenting. If you have any questions for Joe, for Joe, please put them in the comments as we're talking. I'll try to get to all of them. Um, now, you talk a lot about energy and that everything is energy. And I've done some studying of quantum physics, and I, I have a basic understanding of the concept. But uh, you, you also talk about energy being incredibly important. And is that more important than your uh, for example, your worth ethic or your level of skills? Yeah, so what I noticed as I got into the corporate world, I started to kind of look at the people who were most successful. And I was trying to, you know, I was a younger kid. I was just kind of trying to figure it out. And I would look at who was successful and who wasn't. What I started to notice was there were a lot of people, and you and I know this, Jeff, because we've seen it our whole lives. They were working really hard and they weren't getting any. I mean, they were doing okay. So I would say, wow, this person, they, they study everything, they know everything, they make all the phone calls, they do all this stuff, right? And they were doing okay. And then I had other people that were kind of like, well, this, this guy doesn't seem to be doing any of those things. He's you know, this woman and she's different and she just kind of comes in and does their thing and they're killing it. So I realized that, that I, I look at it and in, the, in my other book, which is called Heal the Deal, which is the update of spiritual selling, I call it E-squared. And I call it emotion, and it's emotion and expertise. So it's energy and expertise, really. So the, the idea is to say, if you had to pick one, which one would you choose? Would you choose to say, I have all the expertise in the world, or I have, the, I have great energy? And in my eyes, I'm saying, I'll pick the person with energy every time, because anybody can learn something, but I, you can't just have great energy. So it's really understanding that you are projecting energy every single second of the day. And you are attracting things into your life. So if you don't understand that and you go out there and you keep hitting your head against the wall, that's because your vibration of energy is not in alignment with your life being flowing, successful and easy. And that and you could work your you could work 24 hours a day. I did it and went bankrupt twice. I know how it works. I've been there. Now, my goal when people say, Joe, do you want to work more? I said, absolutely not. I'm not looking to work at all. So I, I don't want to work. I want to just do my thing and have a good time. So I never get up in the morning and feel like I'm going to work. I'm always out there just doing my thing, having fun, looking to create an easy path to success and to helping other people. That is where I want to live. I don't want to live in this world where I believe that if I don't do ABC, I can't succeed. But it's a very big shift for a lot of people because we've been inundated with the concept that I have to do all these things to get there. And as we know, there are many paths to success. It's not just, because if, if that was the way it worked, everybody who did those things would get there. And we know that's not happening. Yeah, and I, I meet a lot of salespeople. In fact, almost every salesperson I've ever met is working really hard. Yeah. But few are really successful, at least financially. Uh, good morning, Lisa Leviton. Um, when you talk about energy, you're not talking about get up and go here, right? No. How does someone's spiritual energy, the kind of energy you're talking about, how does that impact their sales? Well, you know, b- bottom line is, you know, we think about energy as, hey, I'm all peppy. <laughs> that's, that's not really what it is. Energy is really internally 
so the, the way it really works in, in an energetic situation is we are all energy and we're all vibrating a frequency. So spiritual energy or energy that we carry is the vibration that you send out. So I'm sending out a vibration, you're sending out a vibration. And what happens is these are frequencies. So frequencies want to align and connect. So if I'm in a negative frequency, what will I attract? I will attract negative clients. I will attract negative situations. I will attract difficulty. If I'm in a high frequency and I'm very focused, see, the idea is also energy works on the premise. And I always teach people this. And I actually have, a, I have some great stuff to give everybody too today. But energy works on the premise of focus and expansion. So whatever you focus on gets bigger. And it, because energy is non-judgmental. It doesn't say, you know, Jeff's a nice guy. He should, we, he should do well. It says Jeff is carrying X, Y, Z energy or Joe is carrying this energy. That's what Joe's going to get. I don't care how nice of a guy he is. So this is something people don't understand because they'll say to me, oh, you know, I'm really working hard. and I really believe in this and I'm a nice person. I said, it doesn't matter because in your belief system, you're feeling shame, guilt, unworthiness, fear. Those are the things that are manifesting because that's what you're feeling. So you have to understand that that energy is not about saying, yeah, I'm all jacked up. And I had, you know, I see people, yeah, I had my rock star. I'm going out there. I'm hitting the streets. I don't care. If your energy is out of alignment, none of that will work. And, and this is kind of a leading question, which you, yeah. I, I guess you'll laugh. But, uh, you know, it's not mm. just the energy of me at almost 66 years old. I know that we've spoken many times and, uh, you know, we were introduced by, by a mutual friend who actually introduced yeah. me to your mentor, uh, it, it really is all about stuff that uh, happened pretty much before we were the, at the age of eight, right? Yeah, actually, some of it is even karmic. So what happens is we come in with karma, which is part of, now we're getting into another conversation, but we all come in with karma because we came in to clear up emotional issues. And then we experience those issues as children from the, actually from the minute we're conceived through the first about eight years. Everybody's a little different, but it'll be eight to nine years. So all that energy and all that emotion, whatever happened to us, that's what's got in what is called our chakra system, which is our energy system. And that's the thing that's creating the vibration. So if the chakras are, we talk about being in alignment or being clear, if those things are not clear, then you will vibrate negative energy. Now, the way your soul works is your soul says, hey, Joe, you need to deal with this issue. So until you deal with it emotionally, you are going to keep manifesting the same thing in the physical world, right? So we've all been there with bad relationships, bad jobs, whatever it is, right? We, we've all been we've all been there, amen, right? So the thing is, and people say, you know, I don't, I don't understand I can't meet someone. I don't understand I can't get in a good company or the right place. And I said, it's not that you can't get into it. You're, you're still vibrating energy that is not aligned with what you're saying you want. So the problem we have is, we look at it from a mental desire perspective, and we don't understand that the true answer is coming from the results. So you have to look at the results and say, okay, I'm, I am creating these results, nobody else. See, we also go into the victim world, right? Oh, well, you know, the person's an idiot. I can't believe this. My boss is a jerk. This is all you. So you bring everybody into the party, right? So this is the way it works. So the minute you take that power and say, oh, okay, if I can create a problem, I can create a solution. But you have to understand that you have the power to do that. And until you accept that power, you're always going to be on the treadmill and you're always going to feel like a victim. Mm. And one of the things I love best about you, and I like many things about you, Joe, is you. your ability to clearly explain these kind of metaphysical concepts. And I, I, I'm pretty sure we were sitting at a diner across from Roosevelt Field Mall one time, and you explained the chakras to me kind of like, um, I think there's eight. Is that correct? Well, I, I've learned eight. Seven is the traditional, but there's actually even more than that. But the, ba the I learned an eighth chakra. There's actually many more, but most people, we, we, we haven't gotten that far in this society to start learning all these other ones. But yeah, I've learned eight, uh, eight that I learned, yes. Got it. But you described it to me as each one is like uh, the turbine in a jet. Yeah. And that all that stuff that happens to us, including our karma before we were born, but all that stuff that happens is just clogging it up. So instead of whirling around and around at full speed, like they do so that a jet engine, can so the plane can take off, they're clogged and that we need to somehow cleanse them uh, or, yeah. or open them up so that they are operating at the maximum efficiency. So um, one of the things I know you say that is in order to make permanent changes, we've got to clear that negative energy and break destructive patterns of behavior at the core level. So how does that negative energy actually get there? And what is the core level? And what can we do to break those destructive patterns, which we all pretty much have? 
Yeah, great question. So basically, you know, again, like you said, I look at it as gears, right? It's all connected. So if the gears are mucked up, even if few of the gears are mucked, that's going to affect all the gears because it's one system. So basically what happens is we all have issues, right? Everybody's human, we're emotional, we have issues. But most people, what we've learned to do in our society is what I call, ba- we want to band-aid it, right? So we're going to band-aid it with drugs. We're going to band-aid it with alcohol. We're going to band yeah, whatever it is. We're going to, we're going to say, oh, I'm stressed out. What am mm-hmm. I going to do? Have a drink. I'm going to eat. I'm going to shop. I'm going to, whatever, whatever. I had a, one person who I work with who was an obsessive cleaner. So when she got stressed, she would clean the house and she had the cleanest house in America, but she was the most emotionally disturbed person probably in the world. But, but so the first thing is to say, I need to deal with the feeling and the first step really, because I have to get to the cause, it's cause and effect. When we don't deal with the cause, we just keep, even if I deal with it temporarily or I kind of get through it through force of will, the cause is not gone. So it's gonna keep popping up. So what I have to first understand is what is it that I'm actually feeling? And I think this is the most challenging thing, certainly was for me to say I'm angry, but you're not angry. So the way it works is you've got two levels of emotion. You've got the surface, which is that visceral, that first thing, I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm pissed off, whatever it is. And then underneath there, you have the actual feeling that's triggering that anger. So what we have to learn how to do, and of course, this is a process you have to learn. What we have to learn how to do is say, okay, I'm angry, stop. Let me not, and I always say to people, what is your normal routine, right? Because people do something, either you yell at someone or you have a fight or you go have a drink or whatever you do. So you have to stop that behavior and say, okay, stop. I'm angry. Don't project the anger onto the other person because the anger, you created it. So you have to say to yourself, what am I actually feeling? And, and I'll tell you, Jeff, it, it takes time because it, you're not, it's not something we're trained to do. So it's in the beginning, I was like, well, I'm angry. And then I, my teacher would say, well, yeah, but that's not really what you're feeling. And I have to tell you, I was like hitting my head against the wall. It took me a while <laughs> to say, and then say, oh, that person spoke to me in a certain way. They made me feel unimportant. That was really what I was feeling. And then we want to link it back to where did that come from? Oh, that came to for when I was a kid and my dad made me feel unimportant. He never came to any of my games. He never showed up for me. He was not there for me. So really I'm holding this feeling of anger and resentment toward my dad that I never really resolved, but I'm still carrying it. So I'm still projecting that energy forward and therefore bringing in other figures in effect to replace my dad or your mother. Usually it's going to be the parents because that's the most, obviously most, unless you were raised maybe by somebody else that could be them too. So that's the, the path you have to take to get all the way down. And then you have to learn to clear the energy, that anger or whatever that feeling is that you're feeling toward that person. So you can then move forward. So it's, it's a process that it took me many, many years to really master. And I, and I even, even though today people look at me and say, you're a master of doing this. And I say, you know what? I do it every single day because it's, it's one of those things that as humans, we always have something to do. I just got better at doing it faster, but it doesn't mean I don't have problems or it doesn't mean I don't have issues or emotions that come up. So it's not like saying, and I think the other problem for us in our, our world is how do I get my chakra diploma? So I don't have to do this anymore. And that's, not, this is, this is about, it's kind of, I always use the analogy of exercise because I go to the gym five days a week, right? Because I'm trying to keep myself together here. As I said, this meat suit that I've got. And that's not something I could stop going, but my body will not be the same. Emotionally, it's the same thing. I need to do my emotional exercise every day. So it's one of those things that we want to use as a tool that we continue to carry forward for the rest of our lives. And I think the first step is just acknowledging what's so, and your example with anger is a perfect one. You know, you and I were talking a little bit before we went live uh, and that I've had some, you know, fantastic people come into my life in the last year and a half and really caused me to see some things in ways I just wasn't ready for before. And um, I've always described myself as I I don't get angry. I'm I'm a happy guy. I wander through life whistling. And um, my father, he wasn't a cop, but he was a tough guy and uh, he was mentally ill. He actually spent time in institutions and he, he had no problem expressing anger. In fact, he was yeah. enraged a lot. And I believe I made a decision at a very young age. Oh, that's not going to be me. Right. Whatever I need to do to not be like that guy, because he's out of control. And through through recent um, conversations with you know spectacular people, I came to see that 
I get angry a lot, boy. <laughs> just about anything can set me off. And, it, you know, a lot of it is just stuff that doesn't need anger, right. but I'm, I'm reacting out of some automatic programming that I really have no control over because I wasn't aware of it. You know, the perfect example is it, it one of the things that really uh, uh, set me off is if you're in the car in front of me at a red light and the light turns green and you don't go within a millisecond, yeah. and I look in your rearview mirror, which I would do every time, and I see <laughs> you looking down at your phone, I'm oh, going to tap on, on, the, on the horn just to wake you up. And then if you give me the finger, which usually is what would happen, now I'm freaking furious. I want to <laughs> drive my car around you and smash it. I've often said, thank God I don't have a license to carry a gun because I'd be killing people on the road all day long. Road rage. Well, and I think also for for us as New Yorkers, that we, we can understand that more than because out here we don't out here. The driving is very different. So when I came out here, it was a whole different thing. But I said, I think that's also we have anger and we have New York. So that makes it another layer. Yeah. But 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 the thing is, that <laughs> since having that realization that yeah. I'm not this happy go lucky guy who wanders through life every minute of every day, never right. getting angry, that I am human and I do get angry. I've discovered that my anger has greatly lessened. The situations yeah. that trigger me have uh, been uh, uh, greatly lessened and that I recover way more quickly. Like I'll still get pissed off if somebody doesn't go at the light, but it only takes a few seconds before I go, where the hell am I going anyways? Yeah. Am I really, in a, do I like that they're not going? No, I'd rather they were doing 80 miles an hour immediately so that I could do 80, but it's not the end of the world. And just, just that realization helps. And good morning, Fran from Texas, no problem for being late. Keith Ginsburg has a question for you. He says, yeah. when you refer to chakras, are you referring to the repositories of chi in the body? Well, it's energy, so chi is energy. So yeah, so basically it's energy held in the different chakras and the different chakras deal with different issues. So we understand that I may have a certain, now again, when you clear one chakra, you clear the, the it affects everything, but certain parts of certain parts of the chakra system are dealing with different emotional issues that you're carrying. So that's why, for example, you may get something happening in your throat, you have a throat chakra there, you have a heart chakra, you have a solar plexus chakra, different emotions in each one. So yes, you're, you're carrying the energy there. The chi really we think of as your energy as a whole, and you carry your chi, your power center is actually your solar plexus, which is your stomach. So that's where you kind of carry, that's like your center of power. And then each of the chakras carries energy as well that again are dealing with different emotional issues. Keith has a background in martial arts. So I'm guessing that oh, that's where that came, came absolutely. from. Absolutely, yeah, you could tell. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And he's a great guy, by the way. Um, so you talked a little bit before about your your how you feel and your energy affecting uh, your ability to sell. And it's really what you're projecting. So can you speak a little bit more about that and about attracting the right type of uh, prospect and customer? Yeah. So I think first thing to do is, you know, it's funny, I was doing, I was doing work and I still do a lot of sales training. So it's, it's one of those things that I was working with a company recently and there were people, I was saying, who do you, what kind of, what, and I asked the question, it's a setup really, because I want to trick everybody. But the basic thing is, what kind of clients do you want to attract? And everybody starts, oh, well, I want, you know, this kind of business or this kind of business. I said, that's not really what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, what kind of people do you want to work with? And everyone kind of said, oh, I'm looking at target lists and company, you know, the kind of companies I want to deal with and this and that. I never thought about the kind of person I want to deal with. So that to me was a revolution for people because I say, well, who, what kind of people do you want to like sit across the table from? Like to me, I want to sit across the table from somebody I'd like to go out and have a beer with one night and, or somebody who resonates and somebody who appreciates my work and somebody who I can, you know, we have mutual respect. So the first phase to me was forget about, I don't care about what business they have, or I don't care about how many millions they do or don't do. My first thing is to say emotionally, what kind of person do I want to connect with? So that starts to shift your energy into, oh, I want to attract these kind of people. So it's more of, let me get these kind of people into my life and the money will follow. But now it takes me again out of that third dimensional thinking of, oh, I can only work with companies that are Fortune 500, whatever it is that you're, you're doing. So the first thing for me is to say, focus again, back to focus. What kind of people do I want in my life? Because these are people, you know, listen, clients become people in our lives. And these are people that you're dealing with on a, a regular basis. So I don't want horrible clients. I don't want people who are going to make. And one of the things I did all the time, which was really interesting, because it came back to the way I felt about myself. I would go into these places, do unbelievable amount of work, and then barely be able to get paid. So one of my feelings growing up was a feeling of not being appreciated. 
So I had to work very hard on that. So now I always focus on saying, I want to make sure I work with people who I want to do a great job. I'm here to serve. I'm here to help them. But I really want to have that mutual feeling where the energy is balanced and they really appreciate and see the value in me. So this is something I put out there. And as I've done it, I've started to attract people who really look at me and say, wow, this guy's awesome. He's a, we're happy to pay him. I had a client who just actually said, we're going to pay you more because you did such a great job with us. So this is what I'm saying. But it's me focusing on not the third dimension or the physical world element. It's focusing on the kind of people I want to work with. I want to work with the people who want to pay me more. That, that's, yeah. a good one, that's a real that, good one to address. And again, that was one I didn't ask for it. That, that's what made it so great because they just came to me and said, hey, listen, we, we want to keep you here longer and we want to we want to compensate you because you, you've done a great job. So awesome. So that's something that, again, and what we're looking for, just so and just to go another level, I'm looking for that's what we call a validation. So when I attract the thing that I want and it feels good, that's the universe saying, hey, Joe, you're going in the right direction. Now, when I attract somebody who's nasty or doesn't pay me or whatever it is, that's the universe saying, you're not going in the right direction. So we want to pay attention to those things because it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like, I think of it like every day, whatever I'm creating is my report card. It's telling me how I'm doing. So you want to be very aware of that because that'll show you where you need to tweak and adjust. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to only work with Fortune 500s and I actually did not shift it consciously I don't work with any of them anymore. Not that I wouldn't like to, that'd be fine yeah. by me. Yeah. But I, I started working with small businesses and mostly these days, one-on-one -on -one with salespeople doing coaching. But I think the shift was exactly what you said. I stopped worrying about, oh, I got to find more Fortune 500 yeah. com companies and I got to find more VPs of sales with at least 100 salespeople to, I want to work with people, and you used the word before, who respect what I do and for me, who are fun to be with. Right. If it's not going to be fun, I just don't want to do it. No, I, no thank you. I, it, 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 there's too many people out there who are in line with what you want to do. Yeah. So why not try to attract those as opposed to working with people who make you miserable? And I had a, a real eye opener. Jeez, I can't remember. Maybe eight years ago, something like that, uh, where I had been working with a client for a year. Uh, one of the things I do is outsourced sales management, where I actually take over the sales management oh, okay. of an organization. And I was working with this guy and Everything I would tell his people to do, he would tell them to do something else. And he would tell me that, you know, behind my back, he would yeah. say bad things about me. Now, here's a guy who hired me for my expertise and was paying me a substantial amount of money to, to <laughs> manage his team for him, but kind of sabotaging me. And after a year, I said, why am I doing this? Well, do I need the money? I could use the money, but the money's not that important as my mental health. And I walked into his office and I fired him. I, I said, well, I'm not going to go into the whole conversation, but yeah. in essence, uh, I, I I said, I don't think this is working out. And he actually stood up and veins popped out of his neck and he screamed yeah, yeah. and go, get the F out of my office. And I'm like, well, that's kind of why I came into your office. We're not working together anymore. <laughs> and, and, you know, just like uh, every session I have with the kind of people we talked about earlier, the, the, you know, the spirit, the psychic healer I'm talking about, my coach, I felt a weight lift off me. I felt like I was yeah. 50 pounds lighter, like almost literally 50 pounds lighter. And what I also found was when I fired this guy, it created a space for better yeah. clients to come into because yeah. why would I, you know, we, we were talking again just before we got started, how, you know, you, you mentioned the, the, the meat bag that we all have. We're yeah. getting older. Life's short. I mean, yeah. I mean I, I'm hoping and I'm intending to live to 120. I keep threatening my kids that I'm going to be here till I'm 120. So I, I don't know if I want to be there that here that long, but anyway. <laughs> well, as, as long as my brain and body are still You're healthy. Yeah. I don't mind. <clears throat> Can it do that? I don't know. But, but, you know, life, it's like, for me, yeah. it's, it's New Year's, New Year's, New Year's. It's flying by. So why waste time being miserable? There, there's always a way to find, to make money without having to be miserable yeah. if we just are open to it and are, are willing to do the work. Um, you also said, suggest that someone's expectations can get in the way of their sales success. What does that mean? Well, I think we also go out, everything we do in life is based on expectation, which creates a lot of pain for us. So we first have expectations. We expect people to act a certain way. We expect this. To, we expect all these things, which obviously creates much pain and suffering. So because because I'm expecting you to act a certain way, and then when you don't, I'm going to be upset about it. So that's me placing an expectation on you, which is really not fair. So what I really want to do when I go out and deal, when I go meet, so, so when I go with see someone, let's say I'm going on a sales call, and my. I have all this pressure and I think I have to close this deal. And my expectation is I could get this type of deal. And I have all these things in my head going around. I've taken away the purity of the conversation. And now I've, I've tainted it with an expectation 
that distorts what we're doing. So when I go talk to somebody, I, I, I have no, I go in there and I say, let me see. My first thought is this, how can I serve this person? And how can we create a mutual agreement that works for both of us? I don't go in with any thought of it has to be this, it has to be that, it has to be the other thing. I think that's a lot, that's what a lot of people do. And I think also when you do it, you set yourself up for a lot of pain because if your expectation is that they should act a certain way or you should, whatever you think should happen, Sorry, I just hit my wire, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Italian. I can't help it. I keep using my hand. But uh, so basically, when we keep doing that, what ends up happening is we we go in again, talking about energy. I'm going in with energy that's not pure, right? Because I'm going in with all these wheels instead of saying, let me just talk to this person. Let's see if we connect. Let's see if you're the right kind of person. And then let's see where we can go from there and let it be organic. And I think we try to force it instead of saying, let, it, let me just go and be, it's kind of like you plant the seed, you water it, you don't sit there every day and say, grow, grow, grow. You just know it, it'll do its thing. It's the same way. We just want to go out there. No judgment, no expectation, no handicapping. Just go have a conversation and let the universe take it forward. Yeah. Werner Earhart, who I studied with for 10 years, said that uh, the cause of all upset is unfulfilled expectations. Yeah. And you know, how many times do you get mad at someone because you, that you, you texted them and they didn't text you back? You call whatever you did. They, did, they should. They should. The minute you start saying they should, you know you're in a bad place. Yeah. So that's when you know you're in big trouble. That and the fact that we, we interpret things through, through yeah. our own filter. I, I used to, uh, uh, again, I had a breakthrough about a year ago with this one. I used to think every email, every text that my ex-wife sent me yeah. sounded like this. Jeff, you asshole. And then whatever she said. Now, she did. She never typed out those words, but that's the way I read it. And I came to a realization one day. Well, she doesn't really say that. Maybe she doesn't mean that. And we had a conversation where I realized, you know, I, I was responsible for what I thought she was right. thinking, but she wasn't thinking it. Uh, um, Steve Kent has a question. He says, until you get a good reputation and client referrals, how do you balance which clients to work with with the need to eat? Yeah, I think that's, you know, everything, of course, we have fear and fear base and fear of loss. That's a big part of life as well. I think I think it'll it's kind of like I don't want to overthink it. I just want to let it organically happen. So I but so the key really here is just keep focusing on what you want and then you will bring it in. And, and that's kind of the key. I have to keep staying in my lane. Now, listen, OK, maybe you take a client and sometimes, you know, what also will happen. You'll take the client in the beginning and think one thing and find out that that's not the case. Right. You say, well, I thought this was this kind of place and it's really this kind of place. So I think it's a trial and error as well. I don't know that we're going to be perfect. And listen, it's not like any relationship is perfect because there is no perfect relationship. I don't care if it's marriages, business, friends, you know, family, all relationships have issues. So the, the overall idea is to say, am I in alignment with this person? Do I feel like this is the kind of person that I want to work with? And again, it's a belief system. If my belief system is it has to be hard. I can't find these kind of people. Uh, you know, a lot of people look at work as just I have to work to pay my bills. Like we grew up in a generation of work is to pay your bills and then you have fun over here. Those two things were not <laughs> those two things did not exist together in a mutual way. Right. And they were these were not conflated. These were things that were separate. So what we want to look at here and say, OK, you know, I want to do both. And that's what I believe I can create. So the idea is you're creating. So you're going to create whatever you believe you can create. And that's important to understand that. And one of the things I, I would always do with clients is, clients is take them into a meditation and say, what do you want to create? And, and then do you think you can? So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I could say that idealistically, yeah, this is what I want to create, but do I believe I can actually do that? Or do I believe that even exists? So we have a lot of stuff in our heads that stop us from creating joy and positivity because we have all these other issues inside that we have not resolved that tell us, you have to remember, you have years and years of growing up with a certain story. I don't care how much clearing you do, there's little fragments that, that exist there. So that feeling of, you know, work is hard and nose to the grindstone and you kill yourself. And I mean, I can't tell you, you know, being in New York, how many times I would be at an event and I would say, hey, how are you today? And people, oh, I'm killing myself. I'm killing myself. I would hear this all week. I'm like, well, that's, think about what, think about what energy are you putting out every day when you wake up every morning with the idea that I'm killing myself? You're going to manifest that either in a really actually killing yourself or making yourself sick. So your body also physically responds to this. So if you're, if you're in that fear-based energy or that struggle energy, and a lot of people love to be martyrs, they just love it. 
And believe me, I have many of them in my family. They're professionals. If there was a league, they would be in first place. So I, but, but that's what they want to do. So it's like, I have to accept that that's the road that they chose to go down. So I think we have to look at it that way and say to ourselves, do I believe I can create this first of all, and let me keep focusing and then you, you, you'll create what you desire. And you, again, not to say you won't have a few bumps in the road or for a few clients that aren't the greatest, but you'll get there if you stay on path. Yeah. So look, in the real world, we do need to eat and we do need to pay our bills. And, you know, yeah. we could have the best intentions in, in the universe. 100%. But at the end of the month, if we don't pay Citibank, they're going to take the house away. Yeah. So uh, I, it's really a matter of, you know, do what you have to do. But in yeah. the meantime, keep working, keep working. As long as you're moving toward that. Right. Even though you may have you say, well, I'm doing a couple. And listen, we've all done it. I've had jobs that I've done. It, so eh, it's not the greatest, but it's OK. But I knew I'm moving toward that place. It's I mean, it, again, we're still living in a third dimensional world. We have bills to pay. We do what we have to do. So as long as you feel I, I feel like the most thing is when people feel like, hey, I'm moving toward that, that other difficult situation or whatever, not perfect situation becomes less of an issue because I know that's not my end game. That's just temporary. Yeah, it's what Tony Robbins calls Kanai, constant and never-ending improvement. Yeah, but yeah, it's also knowing this is not the end of the world. This this one job or this people I talk to now, they say, you know, I hate my job. I'm like, that's fine, but your job is paying your bills. So stay in your job and let's focus on where you want to go. But the minute they know they they have an exit plan, their energy shifts and they feel better. When they feel like they're stuck, that's when it gets bad. Got it. Larry Weiss asks a question. He says, "I've lived by these principles of spirituality for years." and built my business around them successfully. That said, short of helping them move on, I still haven't mastered dealing with customers who are unnecessarily unruly or abusive. What suggestions do you have when a customer becomes abusively problematic despite exceptional customer service? Good one. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, um, you know, some people are just, that's their personality and they are just who they are. I feel like certain people, they can't, get out of their own way and they're going to be who they are. So there's one of the very powerful principles that we work with. It, and you know, it's funny, these, these principles are really all simple, but they're hard to do, but they're simple to understand. <laughs> I, I can teach them to a third grader, but it's hard to execute. So there's something in, in energetic work that we do, which is very important, especially now, because we're going into such high vibration right now, because we moved into the age of Aquarius in, Jan in February and the energy is just ripping. So it's really about acceptance and resistance. So looking, dealing with people, certain times I have to say, I have to accept this is how this person is. And then I have to choose whether or not I want to deal with them. And I've had to do this a lot with my own family to say, hey, you know what? I really, I, this is how these people are. How do I choose to deal with them? And that is my decision. But I do not, you know, if someone is abusive or that's the way they are, and that is their personality, if you are unable to have a conversation with this kind of person, and which most of the time you can't, and say, hey, this is how I feel, and this is how I'd like to move forward. If they're unable or unwilling to do that, then you have to say, okay, this is how they are. How do I, see, you have the power to, cho to choose. So you have to choose, how do I want to deal with it? Do I want to? So if you're in a relationship with someone or a friend or whatever who was acting a certain way, you may say to yourself, you know what? We've all done it. This is not working for me anymore. I've done is everything I feel like I can do. It's time for me to move on. Well, I'm fascinated that uh, that you said that uh, we've moved into a new age in February. Uh, I guess this is the age of Aquarius that the fifth dimension uh, predicted a million years ago with that song. But uh, the reason I say it's fascinating is because my business has exploded since February. Uh, I've gotten referrals from places I never would have expected awesome. them. Uh, clients are being attracted to me without me having to really find them. I actually, I'm still stunned. I got a call about a month and a half ago. My phone rang. I looked at the caller ID and it was a, a, a guy who I had fired. Uh, I was, I, I managed the company that he was working for and I had fired him about six months earlier uh, for cause. And uh, I looked at the caller ID and my immediately thought was, uh oh, this can't be good. Uh, but I picked up the phone. He goes, Jeff, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. How are you? you know, very, uh oh, I'm waiting for the hammer to fall. Uh, and he said, look, I want to introduce you to somebody who needs your services. I, I was I was stunned. I, I said, are, are, you have a referral for me? He goes, yeah. I wow. said, um, I don't mean to be an idiot about this, but you do know <laughs> I fired you six months ago, right? He goes, yeah, but you're really good at what you do and you're yeah. perfect for what he needs. And it's like awesome. Yeah, I, I was I really did take a moment after that when I went, whatever's up there, whatever you want to call her. Thank you for that one. That's validation. Uh, That's a validation as well. Yeah, uh, really good. 
age of Aquarius or whatever you want to call it. I'm open to all. I am yeah. absolutely open to abundance. Um, how about fear of loss? How does fear of loss put us into a weak position? I think this is the this is probably one of the most powerful principles I think that I've ever worked on, because we don't do things or we are the fear of losing something will stop us from moving forward or stop us in, or from leaving a situation that's negative. So we operate a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people, we operate through a fear of losing something instead of focusing on gaining something. And this is kind of what I think we learned growing up with, you know, parents that we're supposed to act a certain way. And if we don't, we're going to be bad. And then we're going to lose this acceptance which we probably never had anyway but whatever it is that we feel like we whatever it is so we grow up with it it's it's part of our human condition to be in a fear of loss so would you this is a very powerful thing and i think people go out there every day and they're afraid of losing something so you have to be in a situation where you say i can't be afraid of losing something i have to move forward and understand that certain things will drop off and certain things may not work out and you and I both know some of the best deals we ever made are the deals we didn't make because for whatever reason, it didn't work out and it turned out to be a blessing. So the fear of go, like going into a deal and feeling like I have to get this deal, you're in a fear-based state or you're in a bad relationship. It's, see, there's also the fear of change, right? That's a big fear. So if I change, go from here to here, I'm going to lose something or I'm afraid that I don't, you know, I'm going to lose this, but I don't know what this is but I'd rather stay in the negative that I understand than go to the potential positive that I don't. And that is really the big plight here to say, you can't be afraid to leave where you are or move to a different place just because even if that place is bad. And most people, listen, we know people who have stayed in jobs for 30 years that they hated because they were afraid to go try something else. And I've dealt with people my whole life like this who have gone through this. And what's interesting is with this pandemic and even before that, as people started to lose positions that they had for many years, they were emotionally destroyed because they never had a situation where they, so the universe basically is going to teach you your lesson one way or the other. So if you don't do it, the universe will do it for you. So I'm dealing with a lot of people now in this other company I'm working with that we've got a flood of people from hospitality because that whole industry got destroyed. And one of the women that they hired there, a uh, young woman, very, you know, she's doing great. She goes, you know, it was like, it, she said, this really knocked me on my butt because the whole industry went away. <laughs> and some, we saw this in 2008. We saw this in 2001 with 9-11. We also saw it obviously in 2008 with the mortgage crash where a lot of people's industries just went away. So the universe, it's kind of like the universe says, okay, I'm going to give you a chance to do it, Joe. And then if you don't do it, I'll do it for you. And I'll force you into that position. So you have to figure it out or, or not. But that's why I, my feeling is let me take the lead here and put myself in distress. And what I mean by distress is I'm going to push myself into a place that I feel I want to go there, but I'm a, maybe I'm not 100% sure. Let me put myself there first before you force me into that spot. And let me emotionally prepare to get there. That to me is the better path than being afraid of losing something every minute. Fabulous. Uh, Beth Granger. Good morning. Beth says, uh, I've stayed in jobs and marriages. Not anymore. Yeah, we've uh, all been there. Hey, listen, we, there's not a person in the world hasn't been in a, either relationship or job or something that they didn't like. We've all, listen, we've all done it. Not one person you can meet. If they're going to be honest, we'll say they haven't done it. So hundred percent. So Larry Weiss has another question, and I'm eager to hear what you say about this because I've had this same conversation with my coach. What about fear of success? Yeah, so this is interesting. So I used to, when I, was, when I do business groups, I would take people into a meditation, and this is something you could all do. So I would say to them, okay, in five years or three years, whatever number we want to pick, tell me what you want your, rev what is your revenue? What do you want your revenue to be? And I would have them write it on a piece of paper. So then I would take them into a meditation, and I would say, okay, how now again, it wasn't because of course everybody says, Yeah, I want to get to that number, right? So I would take people into a meditation and I would say, How does it feel to have that money coming in? Right? And I would really get them deeply into the feeling. So I'm doing it one time, I never forget the guy's name was Daryl. He starts to like hyperventilate as we're doing it. So I said, Let me stop. I said, I'm not a doctor, I'm going to be in trouble here. Let me stop this guy. So I stopped him. I said, What's wrong? So his business was doing 500,000. His goal was in five years to be at 5 million. So he said, I said, what happened to you? And the whole group was there. It was great. It was just a great healing moment. And he said, you know what, Joe, the feeling of pressure 
and the feeling that I can't manage that amount of money, I was terrified. Now, people don't realize that they have those feelings. So, you know, for, it was even for me going out into the world of saying, hey, I had a lot of fears. I had no education. I mean, I'm teaching Fortune 500 entrepreneur, uh, executives, a kid who didn't go to high, barely got out of high school. So there's a, I had a lot of obstacles in my own head of saying, can I really do this? And I think we all have those fears, but the, it's important for us to, to accept it and say, hey, wow, I really feel this is really making me nervous. So I said to him, that's great, except that you have that fear because that fear, you can't, you can't run from it. You have to say, yes, I have this fear. I need to work through it. I need to sit with it. I need to understand where this, why do I feel I can't do it? I've already come this far. He'd already built a pretty successful business, but it's again, us leaping into that unknown area and then feeling the confidence that we can manage it. It's like me being out in the public knowing and I have this with a lot of, because I train a lot of coaches and people who want to go out and do this work. And I say, listen, when you get out into the world, people are going to hate your guts and you could be Gandhi and you could be Jesus and you could be whoever you want. There are going to be people who don't like you. If you're not prepared for that, you cannot do this. And, you know, I do stuff all the time and I'll do free webinars and all these different things that I did one in February for that two, two, it was a two, two, two. It was February 22nd. It was the portal opening. It was right around the time of this age of Aquarius. And I did this free webinar just to kind of help everybody out. And I got to tell you, I got some horrifically horrible emails <laughs> to me about how, what a horrible person I was. So now I just you know years ago, I will tell you, Jeff, that really rocked me because I would say, oh, my God, I said, I'm trying to do something positive. But this is part of acceptance. Also, everybody, you're out there trying to do something positive. There are people who are going to be not like it. So as I always said, they didn't like, people didn't like Jesus, people didn't like Gandhi, people didn't like the Buddha. People, so this is also something to accept. Hey, I have to be me, I have to do my thing. I have to accept that if I wanna go out there and I wanna do this, I can't expect, not everyone's going to like me. Now, to me, those are my greatest emails because I know I really got to those people and I jarred something in them that they needed to hear, but you've gotta be ready for this. So these are things I always try to say, Project yourself into the space you want to be in, feel what it feels like so you could be emotionally prepared when you get there, because that is the thing that people, that's why we see athletes, we see business people. I've seen a lot of young people on Wall Street when I was in New York, started making a lot of money. They're not emotionally prepared to be in that space. They blow themselves up. So emotionally prepare yourself for where you want to go. And also deal, you'll be able to start to address some of those fears and feelings that you have that you don't even know are there. Because every single person, Jeff, you and I know this, you say, hey, do you want to make a million dollars? There's not a person who's going to say no. But do they, are they really emotionally prepared? We see it with the lottery too, right? The people win the lottery and then three years later, they're actually in debt, more debt than they were before they won the lottery. Why? They're not emotional. It's emotional preparation, not physically getting there. Yeah, it's fascinating that this guy was in a, in a seminar room with you and uh, hyperventilating yeah. just at the thought of having $5 million. Uh, I, I just want to share quickly for Larry, uh, my coach's uh, take on fear of success, because I brought this up to her, Larry and, and Joe. I said, you know, she, as a coach, and she's amazing at what she does. I mean, truly yeah. astounding. And, uh, you know, she'll, she's not the kind of coach who tells you. She kind of pulls yeah. it out of you, yeah. uh, which is brilliant. And she said, well, why do you think you're uh, not doing X? And I said, uh, I guess I'm afraid of success. And she actually laughed at me because people aren't afraid of success. They're afraid of failure. We're afraid of falling flat on our face and looking bad and whatever those feelings are attached with failure. And she's a, a competitive athlete, you know, went to college on uh, scholarships and stuff like that. And she always talks about how um, you know, gold medal athletes, you know, the, the people who win at the Olympics, there's only one of them and everybody right. else failed. But those guys and gals, they get up every morning at 4.30 and they're at the gym or they're at the skating rink and they're putting a, in the effort and they pick themselves up off the ground after each and every failure and they get back up because failure is part of that path to success. Of course. Yeah, brilliant. But people are not, I, I don't know that they're, you know, I don't, I always kind of have a little issue with that because I don't know, because I think people know how to fail because they've done it already. A lot of people don't know how to succeed because they haven't done it already. So hmm. I don't, I think the failure part of life, we already failed. We fail tests. We fail things. We know what that feeling is like. We're afraid of the unknown. And I think that's the thing that people fear. They fear the unknown. Hey, if I leave this relationship, what happens? Hey, if I start becoming successful, I don't know what happens there. So the fear of the unknown is extraordinarily powerful for people. It's almost like I, it's like, is it all saying, hmm. Jeff, that you and I would probably remember from when we were kids when they would say, 
which this was, it was like one of the, it was probably one of the most negative things you could ever hear, but it was the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't, you remember that saying? Of course. That's a horrible thing, isn't it? To say, why do I want to stay with the devil? Because <laughs> think about it. That's what you're, you're telling me. Stay with the devil, even though you don't know the, the devil you don't. So you're not saying get away from this devil, the angels over here. You're saying the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And I think that's a thing that stops people because they're afraid of that other side because they don't know what that's like. That's really, to me, bigger, much bigger issue than failure because I think we've all felt failure. You and I, we've all been there. Uh, we know what that now failure could drive you to say, hey, I'm not going to I want to succeed the next time. But I really think it's the feeling of getting into that emotional space of what's on the other side and, and wanting to go there and knowing it's going to be different. It, that to me is a very big issue that I see with people every day. So th that brings up then, because we have this fear of what we don't know, how can one who hasn't had great success feel that feeling and experience that before they actually have done it? So it's, again, it's emotionally getting yourself in. I, I, I've been meditating forever. So I get up every morning, five o'clock and I meditate. So the idea is to sit yourself in the, like, what will that sit with the more? And, and I'll tell you this, the better you get at knowing what your feelings are, obviously the easier this will be. But when you sit there and I sat there and I said, what will this feel? And I'm going to tell you what came up for me early on. So just, I'll give you a perfect example. So my father died. He was a detective. He died out in the street doing his job, chasing the bad guys. OK, got killed on the job. So I go do I'm do, starting to get into this work. And I'm again, I'm going to now put myself out there. OK, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm doing. Do, I'm speaking. You know, we're going out. We're doing all this. I do a meditation one day years ago. And all of a sudden I it hit me like a ton of bricks. I actually was flushed. And I said, I'm afraid I'm going to get killed. Because that was in my beliefs. I said, my dad went out there and put it out there. And he got killed. Now I'm going to go out there and put it out there. I'm going to get killed. I didn't even know that was there. So that was a, that was a real big moment for me to say, wow, I didn't realize that because of what happened with him, I was carrying that fear because I saw it happen. And I saw a person go out and go after it. And I saw what happened to them. So that was these, we all have these little moments like that, that we, that are in there that we don't know until we go down and get them out. Yeah. And that, that fear runs us. It, it can, oh, it's, it's so amazing. You bring this up because last, just last night I had a conversation with my younger sister um, who she's been struggling recently. Uh, our, our mom has Alzheimer's. Uh, mm. My sister was made the um, power of attorney. Right. It was brilliant because I would have stuck my mom in a home years ago. And yeah. my, my mom also, my sister's taking care of her. So same game. Yep. So she has finally, Alzheimer's sense, yeah. finally did put her in a facility recently and it's the best thing she possibly could have done. And she's experiencing, uh, she, she, called, she called me up numerous times in the last month, just bawling her eyes out in tears, not understanding why, upset, doesn't know what's going on. And you know, I do my best to talk her off the ledge and bring her back up. But uh, just last night, she called me. She goes, I just want you to know something. I've been struggling for a while. I like, mm. I, I know. She goes, no, no, you, I, I almost put my, just last week, I was thinking I need to go into a hospital because something's very wrong. And she went wow. to a doctor and had something, uh, you know, the, the doctor is helping her out. But um, one of the things she said, I said to her, well, why didn't you call me and tell me, uh, you know, I, I could maybe have given you some advice or given you some help or at, at least be a sympathetic ear. And she goes, I was afraid. I'm like, what would you be afraid of? She goes, well, our father was crazy. Yeah. And I don't want people to think that I'm crazy. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow. Same I mean, thing. here's here's my sister who I adore, who's this wonderful human being beyond belief, <coughs> afraid of people thinking that she might be crazy, so afraid that she won't reach out for help. Yeah. Just, it, it's stunning how we uh, consistently uh, do things that are really not in our own best interest because we're being run by that programming right. when we're a kid. Um, wh what is the attractor sales system? You know, I, I created that when I wrote the spiritual selling book because I had been studying law of attraction for forever. I mean, when I was starting out, I, I used to get this little in the mail, Jeff, when people got mail, I used to get a newsletter in the mail. It was, it was like a spiritual newsletter. And one of the articles, it was probably God 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And it was like, it was called energy and attraction. It didn't even call it love attraction, but it talked, it was, I found this, I said, this is very fascinating, this whole energy. So the attractive sales system I developed when I was writing spiritual selling, which was about, we're used to chasing people. I think in sales, we got it. And I would even go into meetings and people say, oh, we got to chase these clients. And I was like, wow, that's a terrible, that's a terrible thing for me to be thinking that I'm doing. And the attractive sales system was about spinning that around and saying, I want to attract the right clients. 
Now, I want to be clear when I say those terms, it doesn't mean I'm sitting in my basement waiting for phone calls, right? I'm still going out there. I'm speaking. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my face, you know, whatever. But I'm, my, my mentality and my feeling is I want to start bringing the right people into my world. That would be exactly what we talked about earlier, right? Those kind of people that I want to deal with. But I go from the, the mindset or the belief of I have to chase them down to let me go out there and do my thing and start bringing in the right people. A lot, it's, it's an emotional shift, but it's hard for people because a lot of us, you know, especially our generation of sales was hunt them down. You know, we grew up at the hunt them down. <laughs> we grew up at the hunting, hunting world. So this was very, con this is a very, you know, contradictory to that because this was saying, I don't want to hunt them down. I want to go out. I want to talk to people. I want to do my thing. I don't want to be in the feeling that I have to hunt them down. The feeling shift changes it. And it brings you then into a position where you then start to bring those people into your circle, as opposed to believing that you have to chase them down. So it's not, it's rather than picking up the phone and calling people all day long, not that you shouldn't do that. It's right. more about the, the inner you being attracted to the type of people that you want. Yeah. And it's also saying, I don't, I don't want to chase them. I don't, I don't believe that I have to chase. See, that's it. I, it's like the belief systems I have to do. If I don't, you know, listen, I started in sales. They sit you down and say, okay, you have to make a hundred phone calls a day. You have to do this. You have to mail out that. Yeah. They gave you the list of things to do. And then I did them all and it didn't work. So I was like, okay, there's something wrong. So there's something wrong with me because my energy wasn't congruent with that plan. But, but this is the same idea, right? It's like, it's not what just, it's not only what, I think this is the main thing. It's not only what you're doing. It's what you're doing. What's the energy behind what you're doing? So that's what, every time you pick up the phone, because I, I also train a lot of telemarketers. So I say to them, every time you pick up the phone, how do you feel? I said, do you feel like, oh, another, another crappy phone call? Or do you feel like this is an opportunity for me to make money? There's a big difference. So that feeling shifts everything. So if I pick, even if I make 100 calls and I'm in a bad attitude about it, it's, it, I made the 100 calls, but my energy wasn't there. So you've got to do things that feel good to you. And if it doesn't feel good, it will not work anyway. So just going through the motions is not going to work. I, I love that. You know, I, I talk about this all the time, uh, especially when I'm talking about prospecting with salespeople that, you know, if, if you don't, if you're not in the right head for it, just don't do it that day. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of doing yeah. it consistently every single day. But if you have the attitude, all right, I'm going to make another call. Somebody else is going to hang up on me. I'm going to make another call. Somebody's going to curse me out. I'm going to make another call. Somebody's right. going to be a bitch to me. Then it, you're better off not doing it. And I've, I've, uh, I was actually asked by some clients to not use this example, but you know, I, I talk about uh, Donald Trump, you know, whether you like him as a president or yeah. not is besides the point. But, you know, if Donald Trump was picking up the phone and cold calling people, which I don't think he would ever do. But if he did, I don't think his attitude would be, gee, I hope this person picks up and I hope yeah. they want to do business with me. No. His attitude would be, I'm the freaking Donald. You're going to want to pick up and you're <laughs> going to want to talk to me. And that's what we all have to have yeah. as an attitude that to, to attract those right people. Heidi Felix, good morning. She says fear is false evidence appearing real. That's an oldie, and yeah. oldie but goodie. Ask, Keith Ginsburg's asking, how do we learn more about this? Give me one more minute, Keith, and I'm going to tell you. Uh, there's <laughs> one, we've only got two minutes left, Joe. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I could talk to you all day long, but uh, can you just briefly talk about greater goodism? Because I love that concept. So, uh, you know, I, we've, of course, we have all these philosophies, right? We have capitalism and socialism and blah, 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 blah. And they're all, they all have their positives. Even, you know, if you, I've studied all of them and they all do have certain good qualities, even socialism, even stuff that, even communism, believe it or not. But at the end of the day, they they get run by humans and humans will screw it up. So we know, even capitalism, which has been really screwed up by humans, right? So greater goodism was really something that I came up with. I actually bought greatergoodism.com. I didn't know what I was doing with it, but it just came to me. And I said, greater goodism was basically saying, I want to do things for the greater good of everybody and that includes me. <laughs> so I think that's where we kind of get at. I don't want people to be martyring. It's like, I want to do something for the greater good, but I also want to do something. I have to understand that I'm part of the greater good. It's not sacrificing. So the greater good means I'm making decisions. And sometimes, you know, when I, when I did this and I'm working on a couple of books, I'm not sure which one next, but the idea was to say, sometimes the greater good decision is not easy. Like you, we always think, oh, the greater good is always good. Like it's always positive, but let's say you're running a business. And let's say you say to yourself, hey, you know what? I have to lay off. I have 200 employees and I have to lay off 50 of them to keep this business going. The greater good decision is to lay off the 50 to keep the 150 employed. That's not, a, that's not an easy decision to make, but it's still the greater good decision. 
So I think it's looking at every decision and saying, is this for the greater good for everybody, including myself? If we all took that attitude, I think the world would look a lot different. I'd like to see a lot lot of the CEOs that are currently running major corporations take a look at the greater good because it's certainly, look, I I still believe capitalism is a great system, but it's been perverted. And and if we you know, I, I've read about, you know, CEOs who uh, turn the company over to the to the workers and, you know, they're willing to lower their own monstrous salary yes. and still make, right. a bu- you know, yeah. I, the, the guy I, I think of all the time is uh, Jeff Bezos. You know, yeah. you got to hand it to the guy. He's brilliant at what he yeah. did. He built this amazing juggernaut. But how much money do you really need? I mean, do you need one hundred eighty billion while your workers are making whatever they're making, which ain't a lot of money? I mean, right. at some but point, it's not it, about money. It's about power. It's about control. See, so this is not greater goodism. So this is the age of Aquarius. And I know this is going in a different direction. We were in a, a different age before. The age of Aquarius is about this, but it's going to take a while to get there. But we are in, we were in a, a really a backward energy for a long period of time that's existed for thousands and thousands of years because if you go back and look at societies you could go back to the roman empire you can go back to the ancient egypt egyptians we're basically in exactly the same place there's a small amount of people who had all the money and the other people were either slave so we're not slaves i i call us you know a lot of people in our world are slaves with carpeting so i say we're we're, we're not slaves in that sense but we're still living in that same system so that system has to break down now this is going to be a bumpy ride so be ready. In the end, it'll be good, but the system has to be broken down and rebuilt, and it will co- will come out of it in the light because love always wins in the end. But but you know we're here. We happen to choose to be here at this time, which is a very exciting time. And a lot of people say, "Wow, well, why did I? Why am I here now?" I said, "Your soul just chose to be here during this revolutionary time. So enjoy it because it doesn't happen often, and we got to be here at this time. So I'm I'm excited about it." Me too. And I'm fascinated, by the way, by the ancient Romans. And there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. Lot, few people with the most money, a lot of pornography, a lot of yeah. drugs. I mean, it's all look, I like having a drink. I like taking yeah. a smoke every now and then. I got nothing against that. But there's a lot of similarities. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that this is not the downfall of the American empire. Well, uh, it's, this the American empire will, will not will not look the same as we go forward, because the model we're built on is built to fail. Well, I, I, I'm my fingers are crossed that we've, we're getting some enlightened leadership and that we're going in the right direction. Only time will tell. Absolutely. Uh, Heidi Sweet Felix says, love this, let the greater good. And Doug Merstein says, I hope you have these taped. This is good stuff, Jeff. <laughs> these are all taped uh, uh, in about five minutes after this ends. You can go into the Sales Pro Network, into uh, the three dots, then go to more. And I believe it's videos. They're all there, all the ones we've been doing for over the last year. Joe, I, 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 before we go, I'm going to share my screen. Could you please tell people like uh, Keith Ginsburg, who'd like to get in touch with you, how do they reach you? Yeah, well, my main website is joenuns.com. So you can go on there and, and connect with me there. And I have a couple of things. You know, that's just a great place. You could also email me. My email is joe at joenuns.com. If you'd like to have a conversation or anything I could do to help you, please go there. I have a, a this gift, but I'm going to give you something else that I think you're really going to like. So I have a free ebook and an audio at stopchasingbusiness.com. So you can go there and get that. Now, I'll also tomorrow, once a month, I do a webinar. It's called Spiritual Saturday. And it's something for people who are in my membership or people pay for. But I want to give everybody here a free ticket if you want to come tomorrow. If you can't be there live, I record it. So if you register, it'll be free for you but you'll get the recording as well. So tomorrow my topic will be really tied into what we're talking about here, Jeff, which is overcoming the original sin. So I'm gonna get into what that is and how that's so powerful in our lives. So if everybody, if you go to Spiritual Saturdays with an S, spiritualsaturdays.com, when you go to register at the top, it's an event, right? You'll see a little thing that says code. So the code for you will be energy. So E-N-E-R-G, energy, of course, that would be a code I would use, right? Energy. And instead of paying for it, you will get it for free as a Jeff Goldberg friend and as, as a friend of Jeff's network here. So it'll be free for you. It's at nine o'clock Pacific, 12 o'clock Eastern at noon, but I do record it. So if you can't be on live, you can also join. You'll get the recording uh, within a couple hours of the time we're done. So that's spiritualsaturdays.com. Use that code energy. Jeff could include that as well in his, uh, I know he puts it on the, the network so you guys could all join. And uh, Again, this is something I do every month. And it's just to keep people moving forward. I'm also working on a five. We have a big portal opening coming in May, 555, which is, this is a five year. Uh, And I'm going to be doing a free webinar that day too. So there's, uh, you know, I'm always 
doing all kinds of stuff. So just connect with me. I love to help. Got it. Thanks, Joe. I don't know if you have the time, but if you would join the Sales Pro Network and put that stuff in there. For I did. Me. I joined already. Oh, that, if you would just post that stuff, that would be great. I will. Uh, and please do go to Joe's website. Uh, you know, what else would a guy from Brooklyn be but JoeNuns.com? Uh, you know what? Nobody could ever get my last name right. So I said, I better <laughs> Nobody spelled Nunziata right. So I said, I'm going to just, I have Jay Nunziata and Joe Nunn. So I have them both. But anyway. He's yes. got books. He's got courses. He's amazingly accessible. And as you've seen, he's a great guy, Joe. There were hearts coming up there during this whole thing. Um, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad we could, I'm glad I could. I was really fun, Jeff. You know, you and I haven't connected in a while. It's always great to connect with you. And I always, you know, you and I always loved you and we were always close. So uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to be with you today. It really was special. Well, I feel the same way about you, Joe. You know I do. And, and uh, uh, let me just reverse it. Thank you so much for generously oh, sharing you. your time and your brilliance with us. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, for those of you who have the time today, I want you to be working, but today's a twofer. This is unusual. Usually we do one of these a week, but uh, at noon, I'll be speaking to Chaz Horn, who's a LinkedIn specialist. And interestingly, he talks about not chasing clients. So you should tune in for that if you've got the time. And as I always end these, please remember that sales is a game of making things happen. So get out there and make sales happen. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Joe. Thank you.